Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a podcast from the Smart Material Collective, made by nerds, funded by the listeners. what have you seen this week oh that's did, made you feel uh, certain emotions oh um so for anyone that follows me on twitter you'll know that i don't fuck with akon you remember akon mr lonely that, yeah i'm so lonely yes I got oh, he, oh look he's in the studio oh my no okay no, that's james franco <laughs> no 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 so akon um he was doing an interview with someone and he was saying that, like, okay, so a thing that really gets me is, you know, there's like a large swathe of like anti-vax out there, you know, and, you know, a lot of people in science and stuff are always like, oh, you know, people that don't vaccinate, they're stupid, blah, blah, blah. And like, there are lots of reasons why people might not do it. You don't know their lives and whatever. But what um, really annoyed me here was James, or James Franco, fuck, what really annoyed me here was Akon. He was saying that like, you know, ah. Oh, the reason we shouldn't we shouldn't give people like injections vaccinations you know it's all a uh it's all like the white man you know uh you know they're like they're lying to us this that and the other um yeah um if i'm allowed i'll check laws if i'm allowed to play it i'll play it right here exploited by outside so how do we well. start this how do we start how do we start to say you know what let's invest back in the motherland let's, let's, I think the key is you know first of all you got to release the fear because a lot of you know African Americans are afraid to go to Africa nah, cause I'm because not gonna I'm, lie. I'm yeah, not gonna yeah, lie yeah yeah I mean actually I, I was over so many shows to Africa mm-hmm. I'll be honest and then they told me I had to get shots and I was like I'm, I'm good mm-hmm. and I'd never actually been to Africa because I didn't want to get the shots I didn't know I didn't know they injecting shit in me like, I was scared. Mm-hmm. This is back in the day. That's why I said you got to release the fear. Got to release the fear. You have to, because first of all, scared. only white people need shots to go to Africa. Black people don't need no shots to go to Africa. But why they is that, why is that a, even a rumor that you need shots to go to Africa? I mean, it's fear. The same way they told you AIDS started in Africa. Wow. You can die from malaria. They're telling you all this stuff. None of that stuff is real. Wow. Wow. You know, they tell you, well, you go to Africa, you take, you know, shots, and you gotta take like five or six different, you know, types of shots to save you from this, save you from that, save well, you from this. Why does that rumor even exist, though? I mean, the hope because they know the value of black people going back home. Can you just oh. imagine if 
African Americans in America decided, you know what, man, fuck America, we're going back home. And then every all the value that we bring here, we took over there. America wouldn't exist no more. Yeah, I think what really annoys me with Akon is like from that that clip you heard. You shouldn't go to Akon for medical advice because he has this like he's dressing up medical misinformation with pro pro black sentiment because mm. this is a guy mm. whose family is from like Senegal, which in 2015 had 4,417 deaths from malaria and a mortality rate for children under five of 45.4 for every thousand. Consider like in the UK, it's like three in every thousand. Mm. Which is still worse than Singapore. Okay, mm. but yeah, you see that. And so, you know, saying, telling people that, oh, you do not need vaccinations because it's all a, a myth to try and control you and stuff that's that, awful that's awful mm-hmm. and you know that while there is a very 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 real um issue where there's been like um a very bad relationship between the medical complex and black people in the past mm-hmm. you know talk right. about um early experiments in gynecology mm-hmm. you know, talk about things like henrietta Lacks and her like the fact that you know cancer cells were taken from her that are still used today um you know, talking about the fact that even in hospitals today, black women are routinely um, seen as having like a higher pain threshold. And so when they say that they're feeling the most amount of pain, doctors don't take them seriously. There is a sense of like skepticism. Mm. That is very real. I understand all of that. That needs to be changed on an institutional level within like medicine. Mm. And it is linked to how the UK like, I guess it's sort of like the UK and how it deals with race and stuff that mm. all links in. That completely understand it's complex it's nuanced and shit mm. but at the same time akon a man with a platform okay a guy who released that song mr lonely and did nothing else all right <laughs> and now he's saying these sorts of things mm. and like i feel like he could be using his yeah. platform his immense privilege to question and call out the medical industry for the things it's actually doing wrong yeah rather than saying all of that ignore all this life-saving shit yeah and i think it really annoys me because you know like you're so removed from it now you know he's talking about um and you know black people in america you know even but even some people here in the uk you know second generation immigrants um you know um from like people from the african caribbean diaspora here in the uk who perhaps are thinking about not vaccinating their kids i'm there like look you have the choice not to i feel as though you should but you know everyone has that choice even though i feel as though you definitely definitely shouldn't you know medical advice is that you definitely definitely should if you are able to with your child but you know certain communities in particular you know migrant communities and stuff if you're taking your child back to you know the country mm-hmm. that you hail from mm-hmm. or your family hails from and stuff like if you're taking a child back to nigeria or to ghana or to like india pakistan or whatever where they might come across people who have you know diseases or people who mm-hmm. haven't had um you know haven't been vaccinated because the country's healthcare infrastructure hasn't allowed it you know you're putting your child at risk or you're putting those people at risk Mm -hmm. and so i feel as though it's quite like it's quite arrogant or it's quite short-sighted um from the perspective there because yeah it's It's i mean at the end of the day it's a conspiracy theory isn't it and what, what it is is you know 
this motherfucker clearly was scared of getting like injections or some shit. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? He's like, but it's a conspiracy theory. It's a simple way of looking at the world and making sense of it. And he's taking two different things that aren't interrelated and smashed it together because in his little peanut brain, like, you know, it, it makes sense. But <laughs> the reality is that's that's what conspiracy theory is, isn't it? It's It's a way people use to interpret a complicated world. And, you know, for him, maybe in his world, that makes sense. But, you know, it is, it is quite a dangerous thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I feel as though it's it's very easy for a lot of people to be like, oh, people who don't vaccinate kids are stupid. You know, that's a very black and white type thing. Mm -hmm. It is, like I said, it's grey, it's nuanced, there's lots mm -hmm. of different reasons why, you know, scepticism and all that. But at the same time, yeah, like, you shouldn't be able to use this platform in that way. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. <laughs> I feel mm. as though there should be like, I don't know, people calling him out. I'm sure people have called him out and stuff. Mm. But when you see stuff like this, it's like, I feel as though it's a big deal and should be made a big deal by yeah. the media or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I think no, that is a good point. It's a good point. And you know, you like you said, it puts people's live, lives at risk. Mm. And then that's, that's a big problem, isn't it? Yeah, just within certain communities as well. Like mm. if you, you know, white people, I don't know where their family hails from. France, France, and let's say, okay, like I'm being facetious, but like if you're, you know, Western European stuff, um, your family, chances are from the UK or from a European mm. country. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, like statistically, are going to have really good healthcare infrastructure. It's not like you're going to have relatives coming over from a place there where healthcare infrastructure is terrible, where there aren't like really big um, like injection programs and mm. stuff. I think it kind of goes back to that Flat Earth documentary. You guys haven't seen it, have you? Beyond the Curve. It's like, this, this is very similar. on Netflix. Yeah, they're on Netflix. Yeah. Very similar in that. In the documentary, they don't take the mick out of these guys, but they actually try to understand them. And in fact, a lot of these guys who have these conspiracy theories are actually quite inquisitive people who haven't given the right tools mm. to take that curiosity and apply it in an empirical way, you know, and funny enough in that documentary they start to do that themselves these flat earthers they start to do their own experiments to prove these conspiracies and in a way like you know maybe acorn is someone who so you call him acorn <laughs> is his name? what's his name that's acorn acorn whatever acorn yeah <laughs> uh, uh maybe walnut oh, yeah like well walnut <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Maybe Walnut no, is a scientist who hasn't, he wasn't given the right no, education. No, but like, I feel as though, you know, with lots of things, like, I feel as though it's really, really problematic to just say these people are stupid. Like, mm -hmm. what I'd really love is to speak to someone and understand how they have got this, you know, people are clever, you know. Mm -hmm. I would like to understand how their life experiences have taken them to that choice. I think yeah. it's also because when people have these beliefs, they mm. they seek the evidence that will then feed their belief. Because yeah. mm. I've seen stuff like it's not specifically on this um, piece that you brought up, but when people do don't believe in vaccines, mm. they will post stuff say on their social media, being like, "Here is this one study from 2011," and. Um, it's like a very isolated study. It's, it could be published somewhere that's not even like peer-reviewed journal or whatever. Mm. It's not been reproduced. It's not been like no one's tried to disprove it. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. been rigorously scientifically tested, mm. but because it's out there as a study that has been done and it like proves something very small, people latch onto it and be like, but look, there is mm. evidence, even though it's not real evidence. Do you know well, what I mean? One of the things you see a lot is like the ingredients list of like vaccines listed, like in a way that is 
deliberately done to like elicit fear and actually you know if you list like the chemical components of an apple in the same way yeah. it's just as scary you know like yeah. there's cyanide in it for example like and yeah I think that thing that people will just seek out that evidence that yeah. but I feel as though that's a very universal thing for mm. me it's that level of like cultural like what well, on a cultural sociological perspective that i i'd really be interested in looking at and i feel as though the four of us here while we have like the background in it like culturally i feel as though something we might not be able to address currently so like if there is anyone listening who doesn't vaccinate their kids and is from an ethnic minority background or knows of someone in their family or friends or whatever and would like to like chat about it like really no judgment or whatever just super interested in finding out like hit us up please hit us up also yeah it actually really gets me because i was born like three three months premature right mm. so like yeah um you wouldn't be able to tell because of how fucking baller i am right now it's true um like literally two-thirds of the time fucking made up for it anyway mm. um yeah exactly <laughs> fucking two i started all right with two-thirds of the advantage and now i'm fucking lapping people just putting that out there. Were you born like two years early? <laughs> just, just putting that out <laughs> oh, there. Oh, me too. I thought it was like five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People don't know. I'm the fucking best. Um, no, I think that gets me because like, you know, without modern medicine, I'd be dead or I'd have like severe learning difficulties or you know, I'd be in a wheelchair, like, you know, all these mm -hmm. things. And so for someone now to be able to say, oh, I don't want to vaccinate my kid or, oh, I don't want to, I don't have to do this or like, you know, it bugs me, especially people who have only, who have parents or family have come from another country and who are now here who haven't seen firsthand the effects of vaccination, mm. you know, um, or lack of vaccination in, you know, the f place that their family has um, emigrated from. So like being gone, I've seen people, you know, who walk bow legged or people, you know, who have suffered like, um, like measles, you know, issues from measles and stuff. And you can see it's left them, you know, um, changed for life. Same thing with rubella and stuff. And you see people's, you know, kids dying from it and stuff. Like not now because, you know, vaccination, um, like infrastructure in place, but, you know, in the past and stuff. And that's still fresh in people's memory and stuff. So the fact that people now have the choice and have the mm -hmm. cognitive like dissonance, that, that, that distance to be able to mm -hmm. not say, not sort of really see it as a real problem, that just gets me. I haven't seen as much of the sort of anti-vaccine sentiment sort of in my cultural community but what i do see a lot of is like anti-modern medicine and this idea that you shouldn't be take you shouldn't be taking medicine routinely and that really gets to me because mm. i take six different medications a day and it keeps my lungs functioning i am very glad that my lungs function mm. most of the time mm -hmm. um and, you know, again, it's that thing. If you look to, to countries where people don't have access to those medications or they can't afford that medicine and it's terrifying. And I think we need to remember that. I think some of it is trying to understand and it goes back to the culture of it. What, what, what is the motive for people not, you know, for having to taking this position? Um, and sometimes it can be business, like holistic medicines and stuff have a lot of, you know, it's a big business, isn't it? And, but yeah, it is. I think a lot of it comes down to culture and how people think about us and medicine, and you know, because science and medicine is seen as can be seen as disparate. You know, going back to Aiken, Aiken, just call him Walnut. Walnut. Just call him. Walnut. Call him. Walnut. 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 It's again that us versus them mentality. Is cashew. Like some, so cashew. Someone's trying to control us, or you know, it's it's the evil dark forces in the world, Sorry, which comes down to who, who said that. 
Mr. Peanut. Almond. Mr. Mr. Peanut. Are you guys just <laughs> listing things I'm allergic to at this point? Yeah. Mr. Peanut. <laughs> Mr. Peanut. But it is, it's Mr. Peanut a classic, is actually trademarked. Classic conspiracy theory yeah. is, is us versus them, isn't no, it? But I think for me, it's that underlying thing of mm. it's not just you know, conspiracy theorists, blah, 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 anti-vax, whatever. You no, know, it's what Akon was talking about, you know, marrying it to this pro-black sentiment, this pan-African sentiment. It's So it's that marrying of, like, anti-vax to cultural, like, to ethno-cultural, mm. sociological, like, that that intersection, I feel as though that's very, very potent, that's very, very dangerous. I guess you're exploiting someone's cultural identity, mm. national identity, um, and to make them do something scary is that you know it's like saying oh yeah if you are you know if you're truly asian um you shouldn't take diabetes medicine or uh you know if you're truly like japanese uh you definitely shouldn't be uh you know or the uh, one that i think a lot of us might have come across which is well people like us don't need antidepressants or to go to a therapist yeah, or anything like it's that. that kind of stuff <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Faraha Asani and my PhD is in infection immunity. So I've done a lot of work based in innate immunity and adaptive immunity over, I'm not going to say how many years, <laughs> but over a number of years. Faraha, thank you so much for joining me today and asking, answering even all of my questions that I have about all the things that we've just said essentially you're here so um all the stuff we've said about akon doesn't count as either slander or libel i don't know which <laughs> thanks for having me alex <laughs> i think the reason why i wanted to have you here because number one you know you're an expert in these kinds of things right you know the last time we had uh, on, debatable oh look the last time we had you on you were talking about you know your previous work in clinical trials and how there's a lot of misinformation when it comes to drugs you know yeah. all of that really really good stuff you know really really clever sort of like expertise wouldn't you say there we Fair go enough, there, there, yeah. we, there we go yeah <laughs> um i guess to start do black people need to be vaccinated yes um Yes, <laughs> that's a short answer. So if you've never received a vaccine um, and never been exposed to a particular disease or received the, the vaccine for that particular disease, it means that you're probably at risk of getting that disease. So, for instance, if I had never received yellow fever and I traveled to a region with um, high prevalence of yellow fever, then I would be likely to get it. If mm. you have had measles sometime in your life, um, Measles is a disease that um, elicits memory in your body, so immunologic memory. So you're likely not to even need a vaccine later on in life because if you encounter that infection again, you won't succumb to the disease. Does that make sense? So in saying that, I just want to say to Uncle Akon, you know, very respectfully, please, <laughs> Uncle. Going. And, you know, I do respect a lot of things that Uncle has done. Um, and I'm saying that in, not in a sarcastic way at all, but to just give some respect. Um, but please, uncle, don't don't advise people, you know, don't advise our people not to receive the vaccine before they come onto the continent, because there's a two way risk here for, mm. you know, for se several diseases. So let's just stay as healthy as possible, all of us, so that we can continue to do the good work that we all want to do. It would be good because I don't want to like go through like my 26 years of life, you know, 10 or 12 of them doing science and stuff. 
and to realize that maybe everything I knew was wrong and black people, in fact, don't need to be vaccinated and Akon was right. Okay, cool. Um, but you, you've you looked into like it from a cultural aspect, haven't you? Uh, kind of. I, I haven't done much. Um... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Studying on it, but the new scientist article that I wrote was because of observations that I've made over the years. Um, and particularly I was concerned with, uh, you know, when people generalize anti-vaccine sentiment and um, also just thinking about that sentiment in general. So when we're talking about medical misinformation and culture, um, I think that we need to engage with this entire subject very sensitively and respectfully. Um, And why I say this is because in... In the New Scientist article, you know, I talk about how there are communities around the world, particularly um, of black people and people of color, that have a justified historical precedent for doubting or having concerns about Western, um, and I say Western in quotes, Western healthcare interventions. Um, Because, you know, it's quite easy to find even on Google or any search engines, um, case studies of black bodies, brown bodies, Um, being used uh, as spaces of experimentation. Um, Of of course, you know, very unethical studies. And one might be tempted to think that this was just hundreds of years ago, but uh, a case that I I specifically mention in the New Scientist article is the the Troven case, um, a 1996 uh, trial of a, a drug for meningococcal disease that was carried out in northern Nigeria. Um, and a couple of children died. And I'm not going to go too, too, um, into too much detail about that trial. Uh, you can find it online, you know, if you're, if you're interested to know more facts about it. Um, what's very interesting about the case is that it was settled out of court for $75 million. So, wow. you know, make of it what you will. But my point is this is just slightly over two decades ago. 
and this has been linked to um, the boycott. You know, the, this basically the doubts and the fears that arose as a result of this um, horrible experience in northern Nigeria has been linked to the doubts um, that and the boycott of the, the polio vaccine in the early 2000s in Nigeria. So when you, when you think about it, I mean, these are communities that have every reason to doubt a vaccine when they think about, you know, well, the white man or Westerners coming in here to inject our kids with Lord knows what. So that is actually an, that is anti-vaccine sentiment, but at the same time, it is justified. So this is why I say that, you know, and this is just one of many examples that we could give. So when we're talking about anti-vaccine sentiments and when people of color and black people are raising their concerns, I think we need to engage with them respectfully and not be too quick to dismiss them as being ill-informed because actually they're operating, you know, from what, what um, from past experiences. So yeah, it's, it's all justified. I don't believe that it's good enough for scientists just to say, oh, anti-vaxxers are stupid and, um, you know, this and that. Well, what are we going to do about it? Because a lot of the new wave anti-vaccine sentiments that, you know, sprung up just two decades ago was the fault of scientists and healthcare specialists. I'm talking about the specific team that was led by Andrew Wakefield, who um, did this whole science by press conference, you know, and made these links between links in quotes between the MMR vaccine and autism in 1998 that, you know, has led to devastating effects that with ripples that we're still feeling today. Um, So that whole team was made up of scientists and healthcare specialists. And that has made a mess that has led to the resurgence of measles. It has led to a lot of doubts and fear and and just a lot of unnecessary conflict. So this was a mess that was created by scientists and healthcare specialists. So who do we expect to, to fix it? I think we have to be more open and more intentional about our community engagement. Um, this is why I also say that it's not good enough any longer just to label people, just for scientists um, and healthcare workers to label people as anti-vaxxers. Well, what are we going to do about it? You know, they have they they have a justified reason to be afraid based on hearing words out of the mouth of of a healthcare specialist, and and obviously there are going to be doubts now about um, this vaccine, which is what we see. So there are many. There's no evidence at all, you know, of MMR being actually responsible for for the causation of autism. Um, based on the scientific work that has been done. However, I feel that in in order for us to engage with the community, we really need to do more work and we really need to be more um, accessible as scientists and be able to explain to people and kind of just not just suppress their doubts, but give them enough knowledge to gain confidence in vaccines. Does that make sense? So I don't think we're, we're going to, we're not going to kill anyone's doubts, but just by shutting them up. We need to engage with those doubts and we need to give them reason to have confidence in what we're trying to um, to give to their kids and to, to, to many of them. So that's what I believe wholeheartedly. Yeah, no, I think that, that makes like it makes a lot of sense. You know, I said before that what really, really worries me is when you have these sort of second generation immigrants, you know, um, you know, 
like myself or you know who are now having kids and you know when your family's coming from places like ghana nigeria yeah you know india Pakistan. i'm just going to start labeling lots and lots of countries that aren't like western <laughs> europe i can go yeah. on for a long time south africa uh you know zamunda um mm-hmm. rhodesia wakanda wakanda um the kingdom of ceylon you know we can <laughs> we can just keep going back in time with this no but like when that happens when you have people coming from um places around the world who aren't you know places that aren't necessarily um up to the same level with sort of healthcare infrastructure as the uk or places of western europe i guess my, my question is are certain groups yeah certain community groups more at risk like you know, if Sally from wherever, from the Cotswolds is choosing to be anti-vax, is that the same, that doesn't really carry the same risk as Kwaku from Ladbrook Grove, whose auntie has just come back from uh, Accra? I hear you. Um, I think I'm just a little bit cautious about, you know, using an ethnic divide in that way. Um, Generally speaking, because our immune systems function with the same pathways, regardless of our ethnicity, uh, I would say that everyone who doesn't receive a vaccine and who comes in contact with someone who may be, you know, carrying a strain or who is infectious um, is at risk. So I don't think that, you know, in terms of this, I don't think that ethnicity plays a role, but I would say in terms of culture, because we find that certain countries are still battling with, um, you know, certain diseases that are vaccine preventable by the use of vaccines. And that that's where this kind of scenario would come into play. But yeah, so basically there's that temptation to view countries on the African continent, countries of, um, you know, Southeast Asia, South America, there's that temptation to view them as and are those populations as the risk factor. But, you know, as I say, a child who hasn't received perhaps uh, the MMR vaccine in Nigeria who comes to visit one of the European countries who's suddenly facing a resurgence of measles, that country is, you know, imposing a risk on this child. So we can we can look at it that way. Um, and generally, you know, all our systems, all our immune, immunological pathways function the same. So I would just say that everyone who can receive a vaccine, should receive a vaccine. The reason I say can is because there are some people, for whatever reason, um, their systems can't handle receiving vaccines and they rely on herd immunity. And then there's another population, tiny population of individuals, and statistics will um, will, will differ depending on the vaccine. But they're referred to, uh, or what they what what happens with them is referred to as a vaccine failure. So they receive a vaccine, but they still succumb to illness. So the vaccine has failed in their system, you know. So these are individuals that who will also rely on herd immunity for protection. So herd immunity is a phenomenon whereby if most people in a community receive a vaccine and thus are immune to a particular disease, then the tiny population of individuals who haven't received that vaccine will um, probably not succumb to that disease because within that entire community, there will be no cases of that disease. Does that make sense? So if we say 99% of a population has received um, the vaccine against measles, there's no measles in that community, which means the 1% doesn't really need to, to receive it. And that 1% could be made up of people who for health reasons cannot receive vaccines 
or could also be people who have received vaccines but you know succumb to that that illness um i i mean i did quite like the the fact that you were saying that um you know a boy from nigeria coming to europe and he gets gets measles here and it reminds me of like um western europeans going to africa and colonizing it like deep as dark as africa now it's deep as dark as france <laughs> yeah oh by the way um did you know that according to the the global um, i forget the name of the report but it was released a few days ago by the by the welcome trust yeah it's interesting that you say france because france has registered the highest vaccine mistrust in the world i saw in the news um, i think it was this year or last year that um a Costa Rica, there was a French boy. Yeah, he didn't have his vaccines for measles. Um, and then he went to Costa Rica. And now him and his parents, they reintroduced measles back into Costa Rica, which had been previously free of measles for like five years. To me, that's the worrying thing where in the, you know, in Europe, we can, eat, I guess you're further removed from it, from seeing people who've died of measles or people who've had their, you know, body racked by polio um, but when you are coming in from, you, like you said, Southeast Asia, Africa, you know, all these places, you're, I guess you're closer to it. And, you know, you know, what's really interesting is, um, so I studied in South Africa and whenever I would fly from Nigeria to South Africa and, you know, back and forth, I would always have to present what is known as a yellow fever card which was proof that I had received the, you know, the yellow fever vaccine. Um, and it was just regulation. So everyone had to receive that vaccine. Um, and I, I have never, you know, encountered any, I've not done much extensive traveling in Europe, but certainly when I came into the UK, you know, um, I did not have to present any vaccination cards in fact, the only time that my vaccination records were requested was when I was doing an occupational health clearance before my PhD and then again before my postdoc. So um, I'm not entirely sure what the World Health Organization recommendations are for European countries. But I do think in order to protect countries that have already eradicated certain diseases, it is fair um, you know, to to start looking into vaccination records because, as you said, with the situation in, in Costa Rica, that is such a... Imagine, you know, turning everyone's lives topsy-turvy because of a family, a tiny family that wanted to, you know, have this trip. So in terms of protecting... Um, Populations. I do think that we have to have more of an open conversation about vaccines and vaccination regulation. I know that that is probably bound to step on some toes, but it is a conversation that is worth having because what we don't want is a is a repeat of what has happened in history. I mean, when you think about also with with colonization, how diseases moved around, how tuberculosis was introduced to Southern Africa, when you think about things like that, Again, it's, it's this thing about history and us not wanting to repeat history and people having justified um, fears because of history. We That's don't want right, to Raha. go down that route again, you know? That's right. Teach these white devils. Teach them. Teach <laughs> no. them. Oh, please don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. Like, 
you know, it, like you say, yellow fever. Like I just looked at my yellow fever card. I have to go get the yellow fever vaccine done now um, because mine ran out. I think earlier this year. I think it's it's wild, you know, to think that when people generally stereotype, they think, like you were saying, Africa, Southeast Asia, all these places are less advanced, and you know, there are diseases everywhere. Where in fact, there's actually a lot more regulation. There is, and I think you know, honestly, I think there's. Something else that we tend not to pay attention to, there's, again, another temptation of thinking, like you said, oh, these countries are more, you know, they have, they, they, they struggle with disease more. Um, totally discounting geography because, I mean, mm. we know that in Europe, nobody is really going to struggle with malaria, whereas in equatorial regions, you know, we do have, malaria is prevalent. Mm. So... I think when you when you think about it in terms of that, and then perhaps an analogy, another analogy to use is um, the prevalent the prevalence of snakes. You know, everybody knows. Oh, in Australia there are so many snakes, but nobody tends to say, "Oh, that means Australians are this and that." Well, white Australians. Do, do you get what I'm saying? But in terms of disease, there there seems to be this underlying link between disease and people of color, which in itself is a very racist approach to things. And I think that is the reason that governs this school of thought of, oh my goodness, do we want to travel here? Um, Oh wow, what's going to happen to us? And it's ridiculous. Taking away from the science of it and the the medical advice, but why do you think he said it like why is he wrapped up i guess this his message in a pro-black sentiment see so this is what really makes me very uncomfortable because tying that up into a pro-black message i'm thinking that there's so many black people that are scientists and healthcare specialists as well um and there's so many of us that are that are doing groundbreaking healthcare research Um, So I really think that, you know, it's very dangerous and harmful to link any sort of present day healthcare intervention immediately with anti-blackness. Yes, we know that there is a history, as I said earlier, there is a history of a lot of racism, medical racism, scientific and environmental racism as well. Um, But I'm very uncomfortable with him doing that. I don't know what his motives are. Um, but again, you see, I still want to re- respectfully engage with that because because of our history, you know, um, it leads it leads us many times to, to go certain ways and to say certain things. So I would rather say that the way to deal with this is to have a conversation with him and just to kind of thrash out what all those worries are and see how we can go forward because he's a man with a platform and has used his platform many times for fantastic initiatives. Um, so it would be great for him to be able to openly speak about exactly what his motives are and why he said what he said. And then for black scientists and black healthcare workers, you know, to sit down and say, well, how about if we do it this way or that way, or this is what we're actually trying to do and this is how we're going to help our people. Then maybe, you know, we could all come together on one page and then, could help us to achieve our aim. Fraha, 
Um, thank you, Honesty, so much for coming here and explaining these things to me so um, I don't get done for slander or libel. Um, I really appreciate you um, sharing your expertise to cover my ass. You're welcome. I just want to say one thing really, really quickly. So all of the vaccines that you are recommended to receive before traveling to any country at all, please receive them, speak to your doctors about them. And for any UK-based individuals who are interested in knowing more, the Oxford Vaccine um, Group, they do a lot of fabulous work and they have an um, open access website where you can find out more information about every single vaccine on the UK Childhood Vaccination Scheme. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.